You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. I'm Evan Klaasky. There we go. Yeah. Hey, that's our third guest of the day. The host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join Ulysses and I on Friday at 9 p.m. to get in on the action and to uh, watch the Rays Mets game live together. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Okay, Ulysses, we have a special episode today. Uh, it has been a very guest filled week on the Lockdown Rays podcast, and we have yet yeah. another guest. Today And that is Evan Klosky, the sports director of WTSP and our resident New York Mets expert. So what better way to get ready for the Yankees Mets uh, series than to have on uh, somebody who's a Mets fan and follower. Evan, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Uh, it, it's very nice to, to bring two passions together. That's Tampa Bay sports and, and my love for the New York Mets, which provided me a lot of pain in my life. But, it, you know, I keep coming back for more. Uh, I mean, the Rays fans kind of can feel the <laughs> mutual feelings there with that. Yes. First off, um, when did you land the gig at WTSP? So how long have you been in the Tampa Bay area? Um, that, that, that's first off. And how are you enjoying things so far in the area? Yeah, uh, first and foremost, I got down here uh, around the beginning of April. So I've, I've been in the saddle for about a few weeks now. And uh, it's it's remarkable down here. I mean, the weather right now is as perfect as can be. Haven't explored everything yet, but I have uh, gotten gone around downtown St. Pete. Have checked out Tampa Bay in, in some parts. Uh, you know, I've been to Amelie now. Have been inside Ray J. The drop is the next part. I'm hoping on Saturday uh, to go and and see the Mets and Rays uh, duke it out a little bit. And then uh, beyond that. I got my bagel spot, guys. St. Pete bagel. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I, I had I had to do it. So, um, you know, once you get your bagel spot, everything else kind of just falls into place. That's right. That's right. And, and, and you know, that, that kind of can blend into your morning routine, which, by the way, I want to get into. Okay, you said you've been to Ray J. You've been to Emily. Not to the Trop yet. But have you made the trek, though? You said you've been to downtown St. Pete. So mm-hmm. you've definitely gone from Hillsborough County to uh, the TROP, to downtown St. Pete. Yep. How did you find that commute? Can you compare it to any other cities where you've covered sports? Not really. Um, honestly, I'll tell you this. There's nothing better than, and, and you know, the station's on Gandhi. So there's nothing better when, like the other day, I was at Ray J and driving back on the Gandhi Bridge and the way that sunset's hitting, on, on the water. Mm-hmm. I like that is like the ultimate, like just the most calming, the calming experience. But, you know, it's, it's really cool uh, going down to, to downtown St. Pete and, and, and seeing the trop down there. It's, it's been a long time, at least for me personally, to kind of to kind of have that because coming from San Antonio, which is my last spot, 
Uh, the AT&T Center is in a world of its own. You have the beautiful Riverwalk area mm-hmm. and people think like, oh, I'm going to go to the Riverwalk and then I'll just trickle into the, the Spurs game. It's like, no, yeah. the, Spurs, the Spurs are like 10 minutes that way. <laughs> and it's like, where am I going? Where did they put this thing? And uh, they, they, they thought, and maybe, you know, Braves fans will understand stand this to, to a tiny bit, sort of in a reverse way. Uh, San Antonio was trying to revitalize that area. It didn't work out. And now, you know, in the reverse effect of the Rays, they're trying to revitalize what they're doing with the TROP, only, yeah. you know, uh, it, it, which is about to come to a head, we think, at some point, you know, fairly soon. <laughs> right. Okay, you, you brought it up, the Tropicana Field, stadium issues, so forth. Ulysses and I and so many other Rays followers were, I feel like we're too close to it mm-hmm. at some point, And we've just kind of gotten lost in the minutia. You just coming here to the Tampa Bay area and kind of having an outside view of things. How, how do you see this thing ending? Like 10 years from now, what do you see? Where are the Rays playing? Are they doing, in your opinion, the split city proposal? Do they just have a new stadium in St. Petersburg? Do they move to Tampa, Hillsborough County? How do you see this thing shaking out, you know, a decade from now or so? Yeah, I mean, honestly, as an outsider, I'm I'm pretty. I'd be pretty worried about the the Rays moving. Uh, one, I, I don't really see the split city being a feasible scenario. I, I just don't. It, like, how are you going to go if you're the MLBPA to your players and say, "Hey, uh, not only are you going to have dual residency, the dual residency is going to be on opposite ends of North America with crossing over two countries." It just, it doesn't make much sense to me. Now, originally, it sounded like a pretty good bluff. Uh, it sounded like, hey, well, we're going to do this. And city council is like, well, you know, if you're going to open up the area, I'm all for it. And, and it seems like they're, they're kind of playing this charade. I don't know the feasibility of that happening. And if, you know, there can be a world-class facility in Montreal that they're going to open up, it, it's worth consideration. I always... I always wonder moving out of a city, you know, there's a reason why you moved away from Montreal. You know, mm-hmm. I understand they want their baseball back as well. This is a baseball rich area. I know a lot of people don't go to the games, but the Rays still do very well ratings wise on TV. And I, I think that if there can be some sort of marriage working out in the area, I, I do believe the Rays would be embraced but it is an interesting scenario because there are so many uh, transplants to, to Tampa Bay. And yeah. a lot of people, when they come down here, the team that they adopt is usually the Lightning because a lot of people don't really grow up hockey fans. It's, it's right. a niche sport. Yeah. But baseball is just like it's just bred in you like oh like you know when I was five six seven I remember going to the ballpark with my my mom or my dad and and it's just like you just grow up you know as that baseball fan and that sticks with you for the rest of your life no matter where you move you know and I'm a great example of that you know it's just like I am I am diehard Mets through and through no matter where I bounce around the country and I pull for certain teams here or there easy for me to you know not fly too close to the sun with the Rays totally two different worlds but um you know that's that's like from an outsider's perspective it's scary and you know you look at the trop uh, i haven't been inside yet but you look at the trop and it's not the world's greatest facility <laughs> it's, you know it's 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 a ballpark that was made for the 1980s that's yes. you know yeah and uh, I once watched a documentary just about this whole revitalization of ballparks in America. And if you notice how they built ballparks now with these beautiful backdrops of, 
you know, not only having, um, you know, the ballparks open, but so you can see the landscape of the city behind it. You know, you think about Pittsburgh, you think about St. Louis, uh, you know, it's funny, the New York teams don't have that. The Mets are out flushing. But uh, nonetheless, you think about some of these new stadiums that have come about and the beautiful architecture that's happened around it. And then you and then you just think about the the Rays who are involved in a world where baseball stadiums there in the 80s were infatuated with AstroTurf. So it's it's sort of it's time. And it's just it's time to figure out what's gonna happen. I, I really, really, really hope that they're going to come to their senses and, and the Rays are going to stay and we're all going to have a beautiful facility and the all-star game is going to come here and we can all make Please. sure that Wander Franco and, and company are going to be, be in Tampa Bay for a long, long time. But I, I definitely, um, I definitely do think there are reasons to worry. I don't think it's like they're definitely gone, but you know, it's, we're halfway through this thing and it doesn't seem like it has gotten any closer to getting resolved. Not at all. And, you know, that lease agreement ends in 2027. So time is a, is a ticking because it takes a long, long time to do city planning and, and get, uh, you know, the civil engineers in in this place and, and permits and all that. So, yeah, I think that the clock is getting a little bit louder, the TikTok. But be, uh, I want to touch on something you said. Yeah, I do agree. Aesthetically pleasing. Not at all. That's not Tropicana Field. Functionality wise, though. It rains a heck of a lot. You're going to to yeah. see all of the, the thunderstorms, and that's going to happen. No games ever canceled at the chop. Got to love that. Number yeah. two, AC in Florida, sign me up. Yeah. So for functionality, I always tell this to Kevin. The the world's most beautiful warehouse has a, a first name and last name, and that's Tropicana Field, right, Kevin? Mm-hmm. I, I agree with all that. I will add the caveat of the catwalks and the B rings and yes. the A rings and everything like that. I mean, Osamento's got a double on a pop fly. Like, let's be honest here with some of that. So if they can get that situated. But, yes, you will have a newfound appreciation for 72 degrees uh, comfortability and, and no rain delays there. Uh, Evan, you've worked in a lot of places mm-hmm. uh, throughout the country. And there, every time that this stadium issue is brought up, everybody just throws out cities. They name this city, that city, the other city. You've worked in San Antonio. I know that's been yeah. mentioned as maybe a possibility for MLB expansion. Nashville is another one that's been thrown out there. Charlotte seems to get mm-hmm. talked about. You know, Louisville, Indianapolis. Pick a city, basically, that doesn't have an MLB team, and people will gravitate towards that. Even Orlando has tried to make Vancouver, sort of a, Portland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Although I think on the East, the, they, they probably keep the Rays on the East Coast. And then, you know, if they're going to move Oakland, they would right. move them to Vegas or somewhere on the West yeah. Coast, wherever that may be. But Evan, do you have kind of an idea, like what would be a good market for either MLB expansion or for a relocation of a Tampa Bay Rays so mm-hmm. forth? Yeah, I mean, when I was working in San Antonio, I would, I would love to throw their hat in the ring. The only problem is with San Antonio, they refuse to update their ballpark, and, and it's it's not good. They went to AAA, and then in the whole reshuffling, they went right back down to AA. You know, the, the Brewers organization was threatening not even to bring their team down there if they didn't do, like, certain renovations into the clubhouse. And so they fixed all that stuff. But, um, yeah, so, you know, for me, San Antonio is not a viable solution. But, you know, Vegas – Absolutely. I mean, you're seeing just with the Golden Knights, with the Raiders, it's a hot 
market. It's a, it's a place where people mm-hmm. want to be. And um, I can only imagine that they would love having a baseball team. The only downside is you definitely have to figure out uh, a dome situation, uh, you know, retractable roof, whatever it might be, because, you know, as hot as it is here, um, you know, at least with the humidity, you have the equal hot out there. I mean, you're hitting like 110 in Vegas in the summer. So that's an issue. I think, I think Portland is interesting. Um, you would have sort of that little back and forth between Portland and Seattle. Having said that, um, you know, people in that area have grown up as Mariners fans for a long time now. And I don't know if Portland is necessarily built uh, for a two horse town. I know Russell Wilson's trying to make it happen. He's part of that group, but uh, I mean, I love the city of Portland. I love Portland. Beautiful. Uh, I think it, I think it'd be a beautiful place to, to play and, and, and bring people and fans. But uh, I think Nashville and Charlotte are really two good options. Uh, just both cities, especially Charlotte, uh, I know just always kind of is at the top of the AAA leaderboard as far as yeah. their facilities. So um, I, I think those two places would be great. And obviously uh, both cities have major sports teams. They understand it. And uh, I think it's something that would be fairly attractive for those fan bases. So I, I think those are the ones that I have in my mind, uh, Vegas, Nashville, Charlotte, and Portland in, in some order out there. What about, and I know, I don't think this has been brought up for a while, Ulysses, but I know that there's been, people have thrown this out, a third team in New York or the New York area. Ooh. I don't know wherever that would be like, a, I don't know, Hartford. We got, we got one city. with the Blue Jays when they get up to Buffalo. That's true. <laughs> That's so right. I guess you kind of have that, that solved. I, I guess, uh, you know, I mean, technically Tampa Bay had two MOB teams mm-hmm. for a month there, but is yeah. that... And we have NBA in Tampa. (laughs) We got a lot of everything going on. Yeah. Everything (laughs) is moving to Florida. Stop, please. Um, It's, is that a viability or is that like, no, the Mets and the Yankees have a foothold. It's just that there's already enough teams up there. Yeah. I mean, and not to mention it's like the Yankees really have that foothold. It's like the Mets were at least able to carve that out and you share with the space. I mean, New York is just so big and you know, I mean, Yankee fans typically come from the city and the Mets kind of cover the island. So from there, you're kind of bouncing around with everybody from Westchester, who kind of tends to go Yankees, and then upstate, it's kind of a free-for-all. But I, I, don't, I don't see bringing a third team in. I think that's just dilute, you know, you're diluting yeah. the marketplace. And not to mention, the Mets and the Yankees aren't going to want that. You know, they're going to they're gonna do everything in their power to, to keep them away. And um, yeah, I, 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 would, I would leave it at two for, for New York. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use that promo code locked on L O C K E D O N L O C K E D O N bet online, your online sports book experts. Okay, Evan. So we touched on uh, the Mets briefly, but let's actually like dive into what's going mm-hmm. on with the Mets. First off, 
you, you've been a, a longtime Mets fan and follower. Why are they so dysfunctional? There's always something going on. Is it the dude, press? They just needled it dude, and left it. I mean, there's okay. Raccoon Gate. There's Steve Cohen. You're, you're firing hitting coaches in early May. Like, come on. What, what is going on here? I was all for the Chili Davis firing, by the way. When you're okay. stars, Ooh. when you're superstar player who you just signed to a mega contract cannot it cannot make the Mendoza line. Like, I'm sorry, you got to go. Like I need Francisco Lindor to be hidden better than 180. So if, if it's been like two weeks and I see him like failing to make contact and lunging and doing all these things, whatever you're doing is not working. I need someone else who can figure it out. But uh, beyond that, here's the thing about Mets fans. And it's, it's, it's part of understanding uh, Long Islanders and New Yorkers were, were a blunt, be cynical, uh, and, and see, have a bit of a, a woe is me in them. So here's the thing, right? I'm in a text group chat with all my friends who are Mets fans. And this season, you know, before the seven game winning streak that's happening right now, everybody's right. been like, oh my God, this team, they're terrible. You know, and, and, and to be fair, they have 105 RBIs in the season. So that's bad. I mean, that's really, that's pathetic. It's, it's last in the league. They can't hit with two outs. I know that's uh, you know, similar stuff with the Rays, but it's, it's been so depressing to watch them hit. And what Mets fans do is they just completely hammer home the fact that they can't hit, they can't hit, they can't hit. On the other side of the spectrum, they're still around 500 at that point before the winning streak again. And their pitching has been just absolutely lights out. Starting rotation, phenomenal. Relief pitching, for the first time that I can remember in the history of being a Mets fan, the relief pitching has been lights out. And, you know, Mets fans don't really give a crap about the good. They just focus <laughs> on the bad. That's that's all they focus on. It's never about, like, except for Jacob deGrom. That's, like, the right. like there are, like, these, these mythical figures that come into our lives. You know, Pete Alonso is one of those people that we just, it's like, you know, we don't deserve this, but we have it. And like, we just wish them nothing but the best. And I can't explain why the Mets can't hit with Jacob DeGrom and his numbers are going to be a statistical anomaly in baseball history. But yeah, it's just one of those things where it, it kind of just snowballs. And I think the difference between the Yankees and the Mets, the Yankees are used to winning and that's sort of the expectation. And when you're used to winning, you don't really have in the back of your mind that like things are going to go poorly mm-hmm. for the Mets fans. It's always like, Oh, like <laughs> things are going well. When's like the, when's everything going to collapse? Like this can't happen for so long. Like, Oh, familiar is looking good. Well, we know he's going to start throwing balls like the next time out. It's like, you just have like PTSD. So I, I just think that that's been part of the, the ambiance of the Mets And it just trails them around in the media as well. And sometimes it's unfair. And and I'll be like, you know, I think sometimes that stank and that stench, people just love to like just dig into it. And I think sometimes it's unfair. And I think you're like trying to focus so much on the, the narrative versus focusing on like the here and now. But with Steve Cohen come to the Mets that was big because they have an owner who's actually going to spend money and not talking about all the stuff that's like, outside of baseball, but as far as what we know is him as an owner, he's going to spend a lot of money and, 
you know, you saw it in the off season, right? The Mets finally have a Mets fans finally have an owner who says, I want to spend money. And literally, you know, it's down the list. Like I want this person, this person, this person, this person. It's like, <laughs> okay, I know, understand the guy has like, you know, he's the richest owner in all of sports, but he's still running a business. You don't just go down the line, lock yourself into long-term deals. If it doesn't work out, lock yourself in the more. Right. Like it's just Steve Cohen didn't get to where he was going doing bad business. So, yeah. you know, it, that becomes the next thing with Mets fans is, is then you start, you know, like <laughs> I'm just waiting for things to collapse and then them ask for getting more people. And then the deadline doesn't, you know, comes and goes and we're like, Oh, we're cheap again. We're cheap. <laughs> it's like, it's literally just like automatically just you rush to the negative. So it's tough to unseat all the psychological issues for Mets fans, but it, it is, it's just something that you grow up into. And, you know, it, once in a blue moon, you have a season where it's like, wow, like we could actually do it. And, you know, that was the last time, um, you know, in, in 2016 when the, the, the Mets had a, a magical playoff run and Daniel Murphy turned into, uh, you know, Randy Rosarena, uh, you know, 1.0 before Rosarena did it. And you just have those moments like once, yeah, once in a while, you finally get gifted a season where you think you can win the World Series. You, you talked about DeGrom and Pete Alonso, and obviously those are really big names for, for the Mets. Um, probably the, the biggest stars right now that are producing for the Mets, um, you know, as of today. But, you know, do you see a problem with how MLB has stars such as Pete Alonso, such mm-hmm. as Jacob DeGrom? I mean, every time Jacob DeGrom goes on the mound, that should be must-watch TV if you like baseball. That, that should just be the thing that you're doing that night. What is MLB doing wrong? I mean, do you, do you see something that they're just not really getting on with these athletic stars and not just promoting it as they should? I mean, they try, right? They they try yeah. to like you know the 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 let let the let the kids play initiative. Mm-hmm. I think they they want to embrace the fact of bat flips. They want to make the game more fun. Look, I, I said this the other night um, talking to my colleagues. To be completely honest, as a, as a person who loves the sport of baseball, it's at a bad point right now. Like the game and where it is, they have to fix some things. Mm-hmm. They tried to figure out how to, how to speed it up. Didn't work. It's actually making it worse. Um, you know, the, the runner on second we can talk about, but, you know, old school fans don't love it. Um, I think honestly, people who want to go to bed early do. And I think people are coming around to it, oddly enough. Um but you also have the CBA agreements looming on us. We could be totally locked out next year. And yep. my anticipation is we're going to have some sort of lockout because they are so far apart and digging their heels into the ground. We saw that during the pandemic mm-hmm. and how everything shaped out. Uh, they, they need to get, uh, they need to get young kids interested in the game again. And when you have football as king and you have, I mean, even a sport like hockey that kind of moves rapid fate, I mean, you're, you know, two hours and you're done with it. Right. Um, they, you have to do that. And one thing that the MLB needs to learn from is the NBA because the NBA is such a superstar driven league. They, they just let their personalities be personalities. And right. I mean, we know Russell Westbrook is coming out there and, and he's, you know, it's, it's all about fashion and these players have such a following off the court. And people become involved in them off the court as well as on the court. And you don't really have that in baseball, partly because there's so many games. And B, you just kind of have a different breed of of, of individual. I mean, you know, Mike Trout is one of the greatest baseball players to ever play the sport. 
And, you know, he, he's stuck in Anaheim. Now it's still the LA market, but it's, you know, kind of the LA market, still an hour away from really LA. And you know that you can't like pick and choose who's going to be a boisterous superstar. He's, you know, he goes about his business and he does his job and, you know, that's what he does. DeGrom, you know, one of the best peaks, um, you know, I don't know if he's going to be a Hall of Fame pitcher. He needs to do this for a lot longer. But as far as like this three, four year stretch that he's going to go on, it's going to be one of his best. And he's a mild mannered guy. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, this, the game really needs people like, you know, Tim Anderson, guys that are just like, hey, I'm going to flip a bat. And, you know, just n- like people, uh, you know, managers just not being like, oh, like that's unprofessional and like, you know, yada, yada, yada. It's just like, just embrace it like if the guy wants right. to pimp a home run let him pimp a home run you know like you what? know what i want to say? yeah not only that but like i want like the pitcher also to really get into it if he strikes some somebody out right you know if they yeah. can bat flip why can't the pitcher you know flex the muscle a little bit yeah like, i did it last night yeah <laughs> I, like, i'm all for it like just like you know so many so many people and traditionalists want them to just be stoic and just like, right. you know, respect the game, respect the game. And just, you can respect the game and, and also be a, a personality. You know, I, I think honestly, I, I have this, I had this conversation with my, my mother and she's like, I don't like Bryce Harper. And I'm always like, why don't you like Bryce Harper? Why don't you like Bryce Harper? He does such a good job of kind of being a, a, a pompous player in, in yeah. a sense of just the, the swagger that he has, mm-hmm. but he's, I mean, he's not hurting anybody. He doesn't disrespect the game. He doesn't do, do anything off the field. That's concerning. He, right. he, for the most part, crushes your team and, and that you could be frustrated about that, but like, he's someone who's good for baseball. He's, he's a personality. And, you know, as he's gotten older, it's kind of tamed down a little bit, but I mean, those are like, we need to elevate those people. Those people need a, a bigger spotlight. And, you know, I'm sorry not to be a traditionalist, but that's just, you know, for me, like I used to be a traditionalist and now I'm thinking like, Hey, like the other day I saw Taiwan Walker just step up to the plate or yesterday, I guess, uh, against Matt Harvey. And he just, you know, stood there taking three strikes and didn't swing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do we need that in a game? Like, can I just get a real batter up now? Like, right. yeah. I don't, I don't need, I don't need that. That's not strategy. That's just a waste of time. I, I, I love the, the, the word you use disrespect. I don't think, Bryce Harper is disrespecting the game by a bad flip. You know who I think disrespects the game is a guy who uh, hits a ground ball and doesn't hustle to first or yeah. doesn't hustle to break a, break a, a double play. Now that guy or the guy that has a, is in the outfield and doesn't go uh, really fast to, to search for a fly ball. Now that guy, he's disrespecting the game. Yeah. Flexing your bicep, staring down uh, opposing hitters or bad flipping – that's that's just having fun because ultimately it is a game. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, it, it's funny because uh, Ulysses and I have have this conversation about ways to improve baseball. And Evan, you mentioned getting the, you know basketball game over in in two hours, hockey game same thing, and it's quick, quick, quick. I've always said, hey, make it a hundred game season, seven innings, like and do something <laughs> mm-hmm. special for the extra innings and go from there and and find a way to make it creative. And also too with the like marketing the players. I think I agree. I think MLB does quite a bit and they've really tried to make a push. It's also a two-way street. Like players also have to take the initiative to be active on social media and to do commercials and promos and do television and radio hits, whatever it is. But again, when you have a 162 game season and you have spring training and then maybe playoffs, like guys are tired. They don't want to, that's the last thing they want to do. And 
you know, guys, guys who have worked in PR for MLB teams have all but said that, like, there, there's all these opportunities, but not, not many guys want to take advantage of it and go from there with that. So, um, okay, Evan, I, I want to mention this before we kind of move along here. Uh, level of concern for Francisco Lindor. Is, is this just a, a slow start? He'll get out of it. He'll live up to this contract. Or could this be a big market eating alive a guy that came from Cleveland? We saw it with Carl Crawford going to Boston. What's what's your take on this? Situation? We've seen it with like almost every Met outside of like Mike yeah. Piazza. Um, no, I, I'm not worried about Francisco Lindor. Uh, a, he's walking still. B, his fielding has been phenomenal. You know, he's historically been terrible in April. Uh, not this bad, but historically, usually his worst month, I think April and June, I think are his two worst months. He seems like he's a warm weather guy. So, you know, that's, I'm not, uh, I'm not afraid for him. It's more so James McCann who I'm like, okay, uh, maybe the discounted version of JT Real Muto is not working out the way we wanted to. That I'm really more like, you know, kind of scared about, but Lindor, I'm, whatever, you know, he's going to figure it out. And, you know, the thing about baseball that we all understand is patience. And when he gets on a heater, it's going to be majestic. So I cannot wait to see that happen when it will, who knows, but I, I, he's starting to, he's starting to piece together some hits and get some luck now uh, with, with a couple of bats. I just, I really wish he would stop bunting. He makes too much money to bunt, <laughs> stop bunting. Right. I'd rather you strike out than bunt. See, we, we come from a different oh, perspective great. because the Rays players don't get paid anything in comparison to the rest of baseball. <laughs> so, bunt. so it's like bunt all so day and they strike to... out. Everybody yeah. strikes out at a 32% clip. I will say yeah. this, though, about Francisco Lindor. So he doesn't like playing <laughs> in the cold weather. So what's he doing in New York? So he's going to suck for April and May and suck in September and, and October. Like, I, he came I don't from know Cleveland. He came from Cleveland, yeah. so he understands That's it. It's just, you know, it's, it's just something he's got to deal with and, and get through. I mean... You know, uh, I remember when when I played baseball, and obviously not like a, a tremendous player here, but you know when I played baseball, I hated the fall season. And like in New York, it just you went through the summer. I felt great, and then I get to the fall ball, and it was like, oh, it's cold, and you just like you're kind of losing steam. So you know, not to mention these players come from these beautiful areas in Florida and Arizona, then they get shipped to like mm-hmm. Detroit, Cleveland, New York, and Minnesota, Wolf. and it's like, oh man, like I got to play in 30 degree weather. That's cool. Love doing that. So, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not freaking out. I, I, look, I, half of, of the fans there who are uh, in Mets Nation will say, I'm sure are, but that's just the way they, that's just the way that they're uh, grown to, to understand how superstars perform. And, you know, you think back to like Jason Bay, uh, or oh, yeah. Roberto Alomar when he yeah. came in. Um, I mean, K-Rod to an extent. Yep. I mean, it's every, every relief pitcher they try to, I mean, they signed Familia to like a three year, 30 something million dollar deal. And, you know, he's like been a seventh inning guy. So, you know, it's just like, uh, and I'm missing like a slew of them, just a ton of guys that they, they bring in and they just, they just, they just think I, like, I can't explain it. It just it, like, it, <laughs> what are you supposed to do? It just, it just happens. But uh, former Ray Aaron loop is working out tremendously. He's doing well. Mets. Really yeah. well. Yeah. He's doing great. Yeah. Yeah, we like the, the Rays could use them for sure. Uh, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet. So many different flavors, uh, and you can't run out. You, you won't get bored with all these flavors. We're talking about coconut, coconut almond, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, a uh, little bit of something 
for everybody. And not only are these protein bars delicious and tasty, but they're healthy as well. Most of the flavors have somewhere in the range of 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams sugar, four grams net carbs. We know you want your summer body, so what better way to start than with Built Bar? Go to builtbar.com, use that pro- promo code LOCKED15, L O C K E D, the numeral is 15, and that'll get you 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Uh, okay, Ulysses, I think uh, we've we've talked enough baseball with Evan here. Um, should we put him on the hot seat with a little baseball trivia, right? Is, is yes, it, this is, is it the that time. time. This is the time. And, it's going to be what? scary. <laughs> Evan, I'm sorry, but this is kind of a tough one, I think. Uh, so welcome to the hot seat of Friday trivia on Locked on Race. Uh, are, are, you, are you ready, Evan? I am. Uh We'll, we'll see how this goes. Okay. In he was just Googling of- Mets facts and figures all day before getting ready for this trivia question. <laughs> That's right. All right. Um, in front of me, I have the list of the top 10 Mets all-time hits leaders. Okay? Wow. Okay. All-time. Top 10. Can you name four of these top 10? David Wright. That is correct. He is uh, number one with one th- thousand seven hundred and seventy seven captain america what a, uh, what a tragic story hall of famer i'm kind of gonna start i'm like in my mind going like present old i'm, I'm thinking <laughs> jose reyes is probably on there somewhere correct look at that number two on the list with one thousand five hundred and thirty four um i'm hoping carlos beltran incorrect strike mm, one yep okay uh, all right. Let's see here. Let's go through the teams. You have three strikes, by the way. So you, three you get strikes. basically three misses. Yeah. No foul tips. <laughs> no foul tips. I don't even know what a foul tip would look like. <laughs> all right. Let's go with... Is John Olerud up there? Uh, nope, not quite. Okay. Strike two. Oh, now I gotta dig into it. See, this is what happens when I go present to old. I gave myself no, no wiggle room. I, I will give you this. I will give you this. Two of the guys in this top 10 list, uh, me and Kevin, actually, you were the one that brought him up during this podcast. Okay. Uh, well, let me say this too, not to throw Evan off base here, but this is guys who got the most hits in a Mets uniform, not correct all time that played, mm-hmm. you know, that may have just played a year or two with the Mets. So yes. I don't know if that helps at all or not. But um, maybe. all right, let's see. Uh, I want to say strawberry, but I, I really should have started with 86 strawberry. Yes. Very good. He's number uh, nine on the list was 1,025 hits. Um, you have one more in you. Uh, See, it's like I'm going now with the 86 Mets, and I'm like, uh-huh. I don't you know. Can. If, you can. You can. Well, was Keith Hernandez around long enough? Or was it Gary Carter? I'm going to give you one more foul tip. Oh, I man. said no foul tips, but okay. <laughs> I guess I figured out what the foul tip was. Uh, You're close man. with the 86 Mets. It's... Uh, it's, uh, it's uh, Dykstra? Ooh. 
I'm going to have to call it, Kevin. It's Mookie Wilson, number five. Uh, let me read the whole list, though. David Wright, number one. Jose Reyes, number two. Ed Cranepool, number three. Cleon Jones, number four. Edgardo Alfonso. I used to watch uh, this guy. Alfonso. Mm, I know. Course. I know. Edgardo. I went um, with the wrong wrong person that that uh, that offense with Olerud. Yeah, uh, you know what? I used to uh, uh, be a boyhood hater of Edgardo Alfonso because he uh, he played in Winter League in Venezuela against my favorite team. So it was like against the Yankees and Red Sox kind of rivalry. So I, I hated him. But every time I saw him in, in, in Mets, I'm like, okay, that's okay. He can be good in the Mets. Uh, uh, Bud Harrelson, number seven. Mike Piazza. Oh, what? Number eight. That's so dumb of me. On the list. I missed you the best one. I, yeah, I missed the easiest one. And uh, number 10, Howard Johnson with 997. Howard Johnson, local kid from uh, Clearwater area as yeah. well. So my, how about that? I don't, I, of course, Mike Piazza was the one that I screwed up on. That's uh, you mentioned really him at. earlier on the podcast. I was like, oh, uh, I just got this. <laughs> see, I, I think you're too close to it. See, I think I could yeah. have done it well. Like, I, I would have just thought, you know, Mike Piazza just named some of the big names, but maybe it was a situation where you were the, too close to it. So. I, that's the thing is I started tinkering too. Uh, I went I went too in-depth there. I should have just kept <laughs> yeah. it simple. Yes. But, uh, yeah, Alfonso, it, it's funny. I believe he had a four-home run game against the Astros. He did. Yeah. Yes. Admit it, mate. I believe, if I if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. Yeah. It was. Like it was a, yeah. Whatever they had in that that old uh, before minute made. Uh, the oh, Astrodome, mid before minute made. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's my defining memory of him. I almost went Robin Ventura too, but a lot of these players, that's the thing is like, uh, were they were they met long enough? And uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, final question. This this is how we usually always end the show. Uh, Evan, are you familiar with the term wins above replacement war? Yes. Okay. So every week, man, there's some background noise on your end. No problem. Hey, we, we, I have a dog barking incessantly usually on the podcast, so that's not a problem at all. Uh, but, okay, so I will name a player, a random player, and Ulysses is like Rain Man when it comes to guessing the career war of said player. So I am going to name a player, and I want you each to guess the career war of this player, and whoever gets closest wins, and we'll end the show there. Uh, this okay. player is, he was actually mentioned just a couple of moments ago, mm. Lenny Dykstra. What is Lenny Dykstra's career war, according to Baseball Reference? Oh my goodness. I hope, uh, Evan, if I can help you out, I always try to look at it uh, in terms of how many years he played and then yeah. do some little math there. Um, no Googling. No Googling. Hands up. Hands up. I will say there was a year, just, this is just a fun fact here. Uh, in 1993, he had 773 plate appearances. Oh my goodness. Wow. 161 games. That is remarkable. Quite I'm going to go... But, I'm going to say, okay. okay in, in, let's say he played 12 years and six of them, he was like a three more player. I'm like afraid if I'm going to go too low. Yeah, 18 and then two, that's 12. I'm going to go with 26 war. Okay, that is okay. your guess. Evan? I, I was going to go, and I'm glad you said 26 because I'm not going to feel ridiculous for saying 33. Okay. Uh, Ulysses, you may have been – you might not be the the war king anymore. That that award might go to Evan Klosky because he was 
quite a bit closer than you. Lenny Dykstra's career war is 42.4. Oh, 42. Oh, we, I, I undersold uh, him. Oh, my goodness. I was, 42. Oh, I, yeah, I there was a, I almost went 38 and then went it down a little bit lower. When you went with, with that number, I was like, okay, maybe, uh, maybe I'm a little bit too high. I was too Again, low it, it on him. It takes into account defense. It takes into account defense. everything. Yeah. Uh, three-time All-Star. Three-time All-Star. 285 batting average. One a silver slugger. There we go. Wow. I, I think that's the way to end it right there. He's uh, had uh, he, he's a fun interview, too, by the way. He's been on the Howard Stern show. He's extremely Oh, good. yeah. He's, he's a character. <laughs> he's a, yeah, he is a character to the nth degree. So uh, one last question, Evan, before we log off here. Yeah. Uh, you working in television, sports media, and being from New York, did you have a guy that you, like, idolized or looked up to in the sports media landscape? Uh, sp- man, the, I guess right now, I'll tell you this. Uh, I don't know if there's anyone that I really – idolize the person who i think i respect the most right now is scott van pelt i think what okay. i think what he does and what they've done with that like svp show and late night right. i think that's kind of it's a great bridge from what was sports center to what is kind of the future and the ability to kind of translate a show that's kind of off the cuff and podcasty and talk radio and great different elements. I just think that his, um, his climb and his maturation through the industry is, has been phenomenal, but, but growing up, I mean, you know, watching Stuart Scott do his thing and, and bring that colorful writing right. to life. Um, yes, that was, that was really groundbreaking. And, um, yeah. So in that, and, um, and like Dan Patrick back in the day, uh, oh, yeah. just, and still, I mean, he's still like still doing rock it. solid, but you know, the, I mean, nothing was better than like old school sports center at the yes. peak. Yeah. And now, now it's kind of just like a bunch of talking heads at, at points, but it, it says something like go back and just do highlights and create these like ridiculous lead-ins and all that stuff. That was, yeah. those are the good old days. <laughs> And they Evan, legitimately had fun. It was one of the today. I don't know what Sports Center is like. It's worse than USS Florida Focus production. Like it's, it's what, absolutely it, awful. It's, it's what happened to MTV. You know, it just went downhill. Uh, Evan, yeah. before we go, I want you to tell people how, when, where can they find you uh, in, in all of your work. Yeah. So uh, again, sports director at 10 Temp Bay here at WTSP. Uh, most of my shows come on at, uh, at six o'clock and 11 o'clock in the newscast. You can follow me at E Klosky, E-C-L-O-S-K-Y, WTSP on Twitter. And we are you know, always pumping out some new stuff. And course with the rays being a a main focus but lightning buccaneers we got you covered uh as well as some local products like when pete alonso comes to town uh which is going to happen here and um you know once in a blue moon um you know like yesterday getting uh into a a zoom with with eric neander with the media which i didn't signing in i didn't even know that he was going to be available but checking in with them so you know if you have questions on the Rays, please, you know, don't hesitate to send uh, a tweet my way. And, you know, we're going to do everything we can to at least provide clarity to that situation. The baseball season is so long. It's tough to uh, yes. to kind of stay locked in, no pun intended, day in and day out. But, you know, big angles and sort of trends and whatnot, um, we're all about it. So, uh, yeah, please uh, welcome the new guy in. 
<laughs> Absolutely. We'll have to do this again. This was a fun, fun baseball conversation. Not just when the Mets are in town, really anytime. I think yes. we can have some. Yeah. Some anytime guys. And, and remember not only uh, can you, you follow us uh, and, and get everything you need on 10, 10 Bay, but also we are partners with locked on. You can find these two guys on our website at 10, bay.com, which, you know, we're going to do with this. So I, I cannot wait to, to keep having these conversations. Hey, cross promotion. We love the cross promotion. That's (laughs) what we're all about here. That's what we're all about. Okay. uh, That wraps up this edition of the Locked on Rays podcast. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of the Locked on Today podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we'll talk to you next week.